did you see the thing that Kirby said where he said like uh, the passing game has been working great in pack practice. We just didn't get to see it against Kentucky because we were running the ball so well. Like, that was kind of weird. That was kind of a weird thing to say. <laughs> that is kind of that is kind of an oddly oddly worded kind of phrase there. Like you should see my secret weapon that would blow everybody's <laughs> mind away, but I'm not going to show it to you because we got to run the ball, guys. <laughs> Welcome to My Gotta Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I preview the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. This 2020 edition matches up two top 10 teams in a showdown that could decide the SEC East. As always, please follow us on social media at My Gotta Podcast. And if you like what you hear, we'd love for you to subscribe to the show, give us a five-star rating, and leave a review. If you do so, you just might hear your review on an upcoming episode. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. Well, it's been a long time since we talked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a whole whole couple of hours. Yeah, production note: uh, we recorded both Kentucky Review and Florida Preview on Monday, so we we, we just talked uh, b- before soccer, uh, before and after soccer practice, basically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, first thing I wanted to make, I wanted to double check and make sure that, um, like. My God, a podcast officially refers to this as the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, correct? That is the official stance? That is the only stance. Okay, and just making sure here. If you want to shorten it, it's the Georgia-Florida game. Well, true, yes. Uh, Georgia first, always. Always. Um, <laughs> none of this alphabetical nonsense. I've seen uh, Andy Staples was trying to claim that, that you need to go alphabetical. And my statement is Andy Staples went to Florida, so I will not allow that. <laughs> so I didn't know that. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even remember what the school's like presidents tried to say it was. There's some lame name that that the presidents tried to come up with because we can't reference drinking or something, even though like college. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Like we don't know what's going on over there, guys. <laughs> right. So I, I did. I was curious. Did you have a I don't know how many times you've been down there. Did you have a favorite cocktail party that you went to or any, anything that stands out? I went to a couple of them. Um, you know, you ever I, seen us win down there? Cause we weren't very good when we were in school against them. No. When, when I was in school, when you were in school, we were, every time I went, we, we lost. And so I missed yeah. out on, I missed out on the, the celebration and the end zone time periods. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was at, I posted, uh, when I was posting to social channels earlier today, saying we were recording, then I asked for questions on, on Instagram, I actually posted a picture. Um, so I recently went through a bunch of old newspapers because someone had asked me if I, on Twitter, if I had a, a copy of a specific paper, which I didn't, uh, I didn't get back to them, but I, I'm going to give them a backup. I, I have a ton of copies of this one paper. I told him I'd send him one of those, but, um, so, yeah, so I posted that your hoarding pays off. Hoarding paid off, exactly. Um, but so, yeah, I posted the picture from the 2004 game, um, which is the only time that I have seen us beat them in person down there. Um, I went every year from, so let's see, 97 when we beat them, when Kirby was on that team. Um, Kirby had like two picks in that game, actually. Um, I was a senior in high school that year, so I, I did not go to that. And then I went every year in college, 
and then I went through two thousand. I went every game from ninety eight to two thousand five, and I saw us win once. <laughs> so uh, two thousand four. So yeah, so I posted the the two thousand four like the Atlanta Journal uh, front of the sports page out on Instagram. So hey, follow us on Instagram. Uh, you get to see some of my old hoarding stuff. That's what I've started to kind of to use Instagram for um, for my got a podcast. So. Yeah, the, um, the Florida the Florida game is is one of the I mean the, the kids these days just don't even know what it feels like to exit that stadium with the Gator Chomp and that stupid noise that they make the, with the band. Ugh, man, that's that is the worst. Yeah, it it is brutal, and it's it's a funny series with them, right? So so I've got up the Georgia Dogs matchup and all time. You know, it's Georgia does lead the series. Uh, Florida fans don't want you know you to know that, but uh, for 53, 43, and two is the all time. Uh, each team has the same longest win streak at seven games. Um, we did it in the 40s, and they did it obviously in the 90s. Uh, 90s, 1990 is where the that series took a huge turn, uh, but that's kind of what we were feeling the tail end of that um, when, when we were in school. That's where the college football. That's where this rivalry began. Was the '90s? I thought. If you listen to <laughs> Gator fans, thought yes. No, Florida football did not exist before 1990, according to Florida fans. Yeah. If you ask them, that's all they know about. Um, and so, and I saw uh, something from Jeff Dantzler. He had tweeted today, and this is so. It's funny, like because you know he, he he likes to key in on 1980 and do things since '80. You know things like that. Uh, but for me, like that's the year I was born. So I'm like, ooh, JD just uh, hit like my lifetime <laughs> against them. So there we go. Um, so he said, dating back to '80, Georgia's beaten Florida 17 times. The dogs scored the first touchdown of the game in 15 of those 17 victories. So that was pretty interesting. That's a nice stat there. Something to watch on Saturday, right? Um, who, who scores first? Yeah, um, that kind of stuff doesn't really matter, but it's just kind of interesting and fun to think about. Yeah. But let's let's hope that the winning continues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so three in a row, uh, and then um, uh, Graham Coffee. Uh, you can follow Graham at Dog Out West on Twitter. He had a great piece uh, for for Dog Sports. Um, I think it came out on Sunday, just about how Kirby Smart is like our Spurrier, right? So you know, Spurrier's hatred of Georgia was driven by the way that he lost to Georgia as a player. Um, you know, like his, uh, I think his Heisman year, like even he lost to Georgia. I think he only beat Georgia once. Um, so same thing for Kirby, right? So Kirby, uh, beat Florida when he was a junior, but he was, you know, lost his other three, uh, seasons that he played, um, including that 95 game that was played in Athens when Springer hung half a hundred, as he likes to say on the dogs. Um, I actually was, I was at that game. Uh, um, I was in high school, went up there. Um, I did go to that game. And so I remember that, uh, the thing that always stands out to me was when they ran like a, uh, it was like a flea flicker or something late in the game. Um, when they were running up trying to get to 50. Um, but you know, so that Kirby was on the field, right. And that, uh, you know, kind of Graham's point was that kind of like fueled his fire. Right. Um, and so Kirby has never lost to Dan Mullen, um, and has got three in a row, Three in a row on these guys. Um, only, only, only lost them in, in his first season, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, that, hopefully we can continue that. Yeah, dude, uh, this is 
I think they were talking about on the broadcast at the end of the the Kentucky game about how much Kirby Smart hates this, you know, hates the Gators, and you know that's where that's where we have Dog Stats, you know, famous hat. <laughs> just I was thinking of the exact same thing. FTMF. I mean, I mean Kirby Kirby at the end of the game last year, you know, he let the entire world know how he feels about the Florida Gators and he went into the locker room and told the told the uh the reporters as such and got in trouble by Mrs. Smart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's right. So, he definitely has a passion for this football game. Let's just say that. Yeah, uh, you know who else has a passion for this game? Apparently, is Javon Wims because he got in a fight in an NFL game uh, with multiple Florida players yesterday oh, for the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it'll, yeah, that 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 whole thing. I just, I, I, I got, I got to shake my head at it. It's ridiculous, you know. And you know, Florida, you know, Florida had the same kind of thing with Missouri. Got into some fisticuffs at midfield at halftime and they got some suspensions i don't remember if it was anybody that was important but so i looked that up i've got that written i wrote that down ahead of time so only two guys which i will say seems pretty light right that the to have two guys suspended so uh zach carter he does have uh 13 tackles on the season and a fumble recovery and the other guy is antoine powell um, I don't think he's like registered any statistics for this season. No relation. What? And, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Mullen hit with a $25,000 fine, which is the same fine that Kiffin got for like retweeting a complaint about the refs. So, dude, I don't th- this whole, you know, and I think that, um, I think Aaron Murray mentioned it on the, on the punt and pass podcast, but like, they were anticipating that there would be more suspensions, and I think everybody was. And I'm I was surprised that they didn't. They only suspended the guys that got penalized in that game, uh, or yeah. got ejected, ejected or whatever. And so, like, I don't know, man. I don't. I didn't see. I didn't watch how many numbers, but there were a lot more than like four people or five people that were throwing punches and getting involved. And Dan Mullen getting fined twenty five thousand dollars for what looked like a little bit more than just um, trying to get his players off the field, shall we say, or, or talking to the refs. Um, the video that they were, they pulled for that certainly made it seem like he was kind of getting in players' faces, which on the one hand you kind of can, can justify, but he certainly wasn't helping to de-escalate the situation as, um, as we like to say in politics or whatever. Yeah, um, no, he was not at all. I mean, he was the instigator. Like, I'll say it. I mean, he ran out there. He's yelling at the refs. He's yelling at the Missouri players. And then his players, his team followed suit. I mean, he was the first one to go running out on the field and acting like a fool. So, I mean, and I'll, I'll you know, obviously I'm a Georgia fan, so I'm going to say bad things about the Florida coach. But, yeah, I mean, I wasn't happy when uh, Todd Grantham, their current defensive coordinator, you know, when he – in the in the cocktail party years back when he was George's defensive coordinator, you know, gave the like choke sign to the Florida kicker saying you're gonna choke, you're gonna miss it. Like at the time, I wasn't happy with that either. And I admitted it, right? Like I, I try to be on like kind of take that kind of stuff out of it. So I'm not sure if I'm doing that here or not. Um, <laughs> but I, I know like I wasn't happy uh, with Grantham's behavior back then when he did that. I thought that was that was silly. I, he had no need to do that. Um, so I'd like to think that I wouldn't be okay with First off, Kirby Smart would never do that. 
but I'd like to think that I wouldn't be okay with it if he did. At least, at least he didn't run across the field through a sea of players to get to the opposing like battle line, I guess, for lack of a better description. I just think yeah. back to when stuff like that happened with Mark Rick and what you would see Rick doing. I think it, I think it, I think it might have gone went down. You know, kind of in that time period when um, when Aaron Murray got. Uh, assaulted by Nick Fairley that, you know, Rick, Rick <laughs> yeah. was like, you know, every time you see Rick trying to break something up, like he would run down the sideline and like be, he would be focused on his players and getting them off the field as opposed to Dan Mullen, who went to the other team's players and just yeah. yelled like an idiot. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely. just surprised. I'm just surprised at the leniency that the SEC put out there. And then he, and that, more players weren't suspended that Dan Mullen wasn't suspended or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I, I thought he, I don't know. I, I had texted a, one of my Gator buddies that, that Mullen was going to be suspended. <laughs> he kind of laughed, laughed at it. Um, he's made an error and then he comes out in the Darth Vader costume, which I mean, he said his kids wanted him to do that. So like, I get that, but sometimes you have to read the room and like the situation has changed from when your kids requested you to do that between then and the time you're actually doing it. I mean, your team just had an all out brawl and you're going to come out in the post game dressed as like, you know, the biggest villain in science fiction history. Like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) it's kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah. I mean, he's a weird dude, right? Like he's the, I guess, I guess he's the cool, the cool mom to Kirby smarts, hard, hard nosed dad that literally won't let them wear black jerseys. Right. right. <laughs> Whereas Dan um, Mullen's like, oh, you want me to dress up like a clown? Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, man, you've you you've referenced Mullen the Clown so many times. I gotta get you gotta get you the uh Dan Mullen the Clown uh, t shirt from seven six. Uh shout out to uh to Chase Kelly, Chance Dog nineteen on Twitter, uh friend of the show. Um uh, you gotta get that shirt, man. <laughs> he's a he's a scary clown, but you know. He he does goofy things. He's a, he's a different character. He's not a politician or whatever. I saw some somebody defending him and his actions. Is that this is who he is? He's passionate about his kids and doesn't read the room politically in you know meetings or whatever. And like I don't know, yeah. someone someone tried to tell me that he was a you know he's just so passionate and cares so much about these kids and his team and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like. Yeah, he's also a clown. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not big fans. There, there's that famous gif of him on the on the sideline with Felipe Franks, like trying to do a little dance, and he's like <laughs> punching him, and Felipe Franks just looks like that he could he would he would want to be anywhere but standing next to Dan Mullen, the clown coach. Yeah, and um, there's another there's another thing that um, that he did before as well, which shows you that he has Georgia, uh, you know, we live rent-free in his head. Um, was yeah, absolutely. When someone, someone asked him in the interview after one of the games uh, when they needed Auburn to win, and he was like, well, you know, War Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, are you serious? Like, he's, 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 just, he's just not a not, – he's not all – he's not right in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to hit some news and notes. So, jotted down a, down a few things from the uh, from press conference available today. Um, 
on like injuries, right? So LeCount obviously out. Uh, best wishes for Richard in his recovery. Uh, I Amen. actually saw he tweeted he tweeted out and said all as well. Um, so that was awesome. Um, so get well soon, Richard. Uh, pulling for you. And um, so okay, so Quay Walker Kirby says he's expecting to play. Um, he said Pickens and McIntosh are rehabbing every day, and he's hopeful they can play. Um, he also mentioned that he's hopeful on Jordan Davis that they're trying to equip him with an elbow brace. So the only thing that worries me about that is he also, I think, said that he was hopeful about McIntosh last week, like he's used this word before. <laughs> so I'm not sure what being hopeful about any of those guys really means. Um, who knows? We'll see. I don't think um, anybody's going to know who, who's playing in those positions until it, it starts. Uh, let's see. Those are the main things that I that I that I saw. Do you want to jump into some uh, talking about their defense versus our offense and vice versa, or what do you, you want to roll? So, all right. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I know we. Uh, if you've listened to the Kentucky review, we talked extensively about Stetson Bennett um, and what we think he can do to improve. So, I definitely encourage you to go listen to that if you haven't yet. Um, and we can talk a bit about that more i guess i I guess so there's a couple of things that are realities right so third and grantham is real it's a real thing right um we've seen it uh we saw it when he was at georgia uh and it was much to our dismay and we've seen it uh in him now that he's at florida um see you know we've how many times have we seen or did we see from throw a touchdown on third down against them right, with Grantham at the helm. So that's real. Um, I also looked up, uh, I went out to SEC StatCat. So I know uh, Battle Hymnal guys are always referencing him, look at his site. And so I was taking a look at uh, the mailman's stats on third down. Um, they're actually pretty good. Um, so on the season, Bennett is 30 of 42 uh, on third, thrown on third downs uh, for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and he's converted 18 first downs on those third downs. So, I mean, you know, pretty good. And then you add that up against uh, third and Grantham, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that third down will definitely be, be an important down for us, as it usually is, especially with uh, our, our less than physically gifted quarterback. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that was a politically correct term. Uh, I didn't want to say the other word that I used previously. Right. Um, Right. But, you know, it's one of those things. I, I think I posted something from SEC StatCat from uh, from Stetson Bennett's like overall like success rate type numbers. If you were a ner- stat nerd, um, you could follow those. You can follow that that account. Um, but, you know, when they posted this, the stats about Stetson's success rate and his accuracy and all this kind of stuff. And you look at the numbers and it's like, wow, he's, you know, looks like he's doing pretty good. And that's a that's a example of where stats lie to you. There, <laughs> that's like one of those things where it's like the macro tells you that the the polls the polls are wrong. You know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like I, I don't know, man. The obviously he has good numbers, but at the end of the day, um, he's still throwing a couple of picks a day lately. Yeah, yeah. He's got. I mean. Got to cut that out. Uh, we need him to protect the ball on Saturday. Um, 
again, hopefully uh, they work work this week on what they said they were going to work on last week in two hands on the ball and checkdowns. Um, mm-hmm. I guess a couple other things. So, you know, so I mean, injury front on the offense. So we talked about it, right? So with with Pickens, um, I mean, hopefully he can go. It sounds like he's more likely to go than McIntosh. Um, what's what's Pickens and, even injured for? Uh, so it's like upper body contusion or something like that. So he's got a big bruise. Yeah, he's got a bruise or something. I mm. I, I don't know. I've seen I haven't seen anything official from the school, but through Twitter and various reports, um, it sounded like like a pectoral bruise or something like that. Okay. I, I haven't seen that from anyone like official. Um, that's not an on the record kind of kind of deal that I saw. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have him in the game, um, you know, with his head on right, um, that could make a big difference. Um, you know, just to add another receiver, you know, another weapon there. Cause like if he, I mean, he's the guy that, you know, runs the, the fly pattern and is there for the back shoulder fade and just having him run that route and have dis, you know, have defenders felling him opens up that stuff over the middle, whether it's like we've talked about, right. Where it's Jackson, McKitty, whoever coming across the middle. I mean, having pickens on the outside really, just really helps that. Um, another thing I had jotted down is we're going to see uh, Brenton Cox playing for Florida for the first time. So he was there last year, but obviously had to sit out. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, same kind of like with Kate Mays though, right? Like, you know, some of the guys got asked questions about him and the media availability. And I think Sally or even was like, Oh, you know, we're still, we're still friends and it'll be fun to compete against him. Just like in practice. Yada, 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 all that fun stuff. <laughs> um, but he is like their second leading tackler, I believe. Uh, yeah, so he's got twenty-two total tackles on the year, You're ten solo, Brit- twelve assists. You talking about Britton Cox? Yep, Britton Cox. Yeah, for Florida. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read. I read the article. I read said that he was the leading tackler. Uh, I've got Ventrell Miller as their leading tacker, tackler. Yeah, well, he's clearly. Oh, oh, you know what it was? It was the quarterback pressures. Okay, okay. He has he has like substantially more. He's basically a big key on their defense because he's oh, the yeah. guy. He's one of the guys that's causing all the current quarterback hurries and pressures and things like that. Um, and obviously, he's he's tackling people on the football. So, but if you, I think during the game or was it during the game? No, it was it was afterwards on Twitter. I think. Someone showed up the the stats of the Alabama defense lined up with the Florida defense, and mm-hmm. the numbers were eerily similar in their defensive performances right now. Um, okay. So I did see that basically, you know, if you're looking for a matchup on how Florida is on defense and what we can expect is that they're basically on par, like straight down the defensive line. Um stat line that okay it's basically like we're going to be playing the alabama's defense which you you you'd look around and you'd think well hopefully we learn from the alabama game and mm-hmm. we can hit some of our open receivers on the offensive side because the plays were there and yeah. you just hope that you can kind of slow down their slow down their team now uh on the flip side you know when with their their offense um you know Obviously, Kyle Trask is one of the top quarterback quarterbacks in the SEC right now. I think that he's actually, in in many respects, has 
better stats than even Mac Jones does from a pure passer kind of scenario. Um, you know, the, the one thing that they don't have is a running game and they don't have anybody nearly as good as, um, as Najee Harris, obviously. Um, yeah. and frankly, they're wide receivers. They don't have a guy named Dante Smith. They don't have a guy named Jalen Waddle on the other side, yeah. line, on the other side. So like, yes, they've got talent and obviously Kyle Pitts presents a, a huge mismatch, but here's, here's something that I'll, I'm, I'm going to throw out there is that if Pitts is active, that means that there's a free, there's a free reign into the quarterback because they're, they're going to, they're not going to be in two in tight end sets because like they're going to have him going downfield trying to get passes. So like somewhere on the, on the, along the defensive line, you're going to have opportunities for an Adam Anderson to become a huge force in this game. Yeah. This is his game right here. Like, you know, he's saying he wants his opportunity. I always said the last time, but you know, this, this, this should be his chance. Um, so a couple of things that you hit on, I, I, so I was pulling up like statistics and everything looking, uh, to get ready for this. And I was, I, I was pretty shocked by their rushing game. Um, I mean, so they have played one game less than us because they missed a week with their COVID outbreak, but still, I mean, so their leading rusher is Damian Pierce. He's got 34 carries for 169 yards and one touchdown. Um, so I mean, they're spreading the carries out a lot. Um, Kyle Trask actually has the second most carries, uh, 20 carries for 75 yards but I was I was shocked by that um, mm-hmm. those those numbers. Um, I mean, you know, contrast that. I mean, they're not playing directly against each other, but um, I mean, Zamir White's ninety carries for four hundred and two yards. <laughs> I know there's an, an extra game, and he got one hundred and thirty right. I think against Kentucky, but so still, I mean, even if you take that out, I mean, he's still well over the production that the Florida's getting. Um, and, and that's the thing, you know, like you think about the Mullen offense. I mean, generally, like, you, you, I don't know. I feel like people tend to think of it as like a pass happy attack, but I mean, it's not really. Like, they definitely do. I mean, they they need to run the ball for that offense to work. Um, and considering the amount of points they've been putting up, I was surprised to see how low their rushing numbers were. I mean, they're they're scoring forty two points a game. Um, they're scoring a lot of points. Um, I don't know. That, that was that was surprising to me. But yes, I mean, if we if we can take away that run and they have to be one dimensional, the, the, I mean, the thing that does scare me a bit is like who would be on pits. And I mean, LeCount would at least be helping there. If not, you know, I'm not sure exactly what we'll, we'll do there. Um, you know, the one thing that is, uh, I guess kind of has ended up being a blessing in disguise was that targeting foul that LeCount got against Auburn. And we saw Christopher Smith come in for him in the second half against Auburn. And I, we talked about in the Auburn, Auburn review that honestly, like, like we didn't really notice that that happened, right? Like Smith didn't stand out as like, oh no, or anything like that, right? I mean, he held his own, played a great second half. Um, so that, you know, coming back vital, uh, I think at this point, right? Yeah, no, I, I would I would tend to agree. You know, I don't really have any reason to, to fear. Obviously, you want your best players out there. Um, hopefully he's, you know, hopefully he's ready to go soon, but they haven't said it, but certainly he's going to be out for the, for the weekend. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as far as like, who do we put pits on and, 
you know, I think that he's going to be one of those players. He's going to be kind of like Najee Harris. He's going to get his yards or whatever. So A and M was actually was was actually his worst. It was actually his worst performance. Um, okay. They they basically shut Pitts down um, in that particular game that they lost. Um, every other game, he's had almost a hundred yards. He's had almost a hundred hundred yards receiving in every single other game that he's played in with a, you know, a couple of touchdowns, you know, averaging, you know, over 10 yards of reception, which is pretty substantial for a, a guy that usually is just running five, six yards out, you know, downfield on for a position, I guess I should say. Right. Um, right. But anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's really good. Like he, he's really good. I mean, like b- b- before the season started, like he was the guy that I was thinking of with them. I mean, I just remember what he did last year and like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we always like, or not always. Oftentimes, we end up in these games where I am. I'm ending up. I'm texting someone. Cover the tight end. <laughs> um, we're like these tight ends at these big games against us. Um, he's. I mean, he's going to be our focal point. I would think. Um, who to focus on? I, I, assuming we can. I mean, all, you always want to stop the run. Uh, stop the run. Contain Cal Pitts. Um, that Tony guy. Looks pretty good too, though. I, I so because I haven't. I'll, I'll be honest. Like I haven't watched a ton of Florida, um, but I did watch they had the Missouri game is what I watched the most of. Um, and Kadarius Tony looks really good. That guy is fast and and shifty. So he's their second leading receiver behind Pitts. Pitts is actually their leading receiver. Yeah, I, I and mean, I think that you know people when they look at an offense like Dan Mullins, you know, they, you know, like you said earlier, you know, it's a pass happy offense and, and it is to an extent, but what they do is, you know, they, they run these little quick wide receiver screens or a wide receiver tunnel or something like that. Um, that really function as, as running plays. Yeah. And that's true. What I saw in the film is that the teams that they've played, frankly, haven't been very good on defense. Um, yeah, I, this is going to be, you know, the quintessential, like, oh yeah, Alabama hasn't played anybody nearly as tough as us or blah, 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 blah. And you know, that this kind of tracks with that, you know, they haven't really played a big, a big defense as tough as ours, um, either. And so, you know, like we'd said earlier, I think the key on the defensive side is going to be making sure that that run game, it, that they are one dimensional, that, you know, you're going to force Kyle Trask to beat you basically um, because yeah. I think that if we can get him throwing the ball and, you know, like I said, I think Pitts, are, Pitts is going to get his yards, you know, maybe. I mean, hopefully Kirby's, you know, talked to, you know, Mus, his buddy Muschamp and um, has, <laughs> has got something dialed up. I mean, that guy's production – I mean, Pitts' Pitt's production has really dropped off in terms of, you know, his contribution on the offensive for touchdowns, um, his yards, you know, in each game have kind of dropped substantially since they played Ole Miss. So, and that kind of jives with what I was telling you that, you know, they haven't played a defense as tough as ours where you need the yeah. tight end to be blocking. Um, mm. And you can't afford to give give that time because what they're going to come up against with Georgia, and I mean, even in the even in the Alabama game, you know, we were tackling really well, you know, granted half the time Waddle was behind the defenders, but you know, <laughs> there's that. 
I don't think I don't think that they have anybody on the offensive side of the ball that can run like that. They can run like the Devonta Smith and the Jalen Waddles. Uh, frankly, not many people are um, at that position. You know, so, yeah, that's not what they do. And, and so I know uh, I'll reference Graham Coffee again. He put something out today. Um, they're like seventy percent of Kyle Trask's passing passing yards are yards after the catch. I mean, you know, so I think his point was basically like, I think this was it. I don't know. He put screenshots. I'm not actually sure what this was from, but it was just saying that like, you know, like Florida is not Alabama, right? Like their offense is not Alabama's offense. And, um, you know, Kyle Trask is not Mac Jones. Like they're not doing, making the same throws, right? Mac Jones is throwing the ball downfield. He's hitting those over the top passes. And that's not what they do to your point, right? I, you said it really well, right? That they're basically, supplementing the run game with these short passes that are essentially runs, right? And that is what they're doing. And that's what I saw against Missouri. Um, and that was actually where Tony was kind of scary, like watching him, because that's what he was doing, right? He's taking these little short pop passes or end arounds or whatever, and then making people miss. Um, I'd like to think that we're better, you're more sure tacklers than, than Missouri is, but uh, that's definitely a guy I'm, I'm going to be watching. Because, yeah, I mean, I actually sat down on the couch like to watch that game thinking I was going to see Pitts all over the place, and I didn't. There's more Tony from, or at least the parts that I watched. So I was just, I was just going to say, so, you know, from a passing perspective, you know, they're, they're doing those short plays, but clearly they're, they're getting big chunks downfield because in order for them to put up the amount of points, they must not get into a whole lot of third downs. Um, But when they do get into third down, you know, they're actually converting less than 50% of their, their third downs. So it's like, 48% 48% or something like that. So like mm-hmm. if we can, if we can manage the early downs on those quick outs and those quick little wide receiver, you know, pass plays that are really designed to pick up three yards um, and, and we can get the the running game shut down, which I believe that we can do all of these things pretty well um, because our defense is, is fast. It's disciplined and Kirby's, going to have an edge here as far as like covering that quick little wide receiver out and our guys are very sure tacklers they have been for two years now no multiple years with kirby obviously but you know i haven't seen a whole lot of yards after contact um where we've got guys in front that need to tackle you know if if you're talking about guys in coverage and things like that and fighting off fighting off for the, the ball i don't know that that's necessarily our strength but if if they have a an offensive guy in front of them that has the ball, chances are they're going to tackle him. And if they don't tackle him, they will make him severely slow down so that the rest of the gang can come over and tackle. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that we can control this as long as we get, can control those little quick early downs where they're trying to get to a third and manageable or a second and manageable, um, where they can just drop bombs over you, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And I, I guess the other thing I'll be watching for is, so with like, you know, we're saying try, you know, shutting priority one, shut down the run. I guess I'll hear it probably extends to and that short passing game, right? Um, but so with Jordan Davis, like if he can't go, um, that'll be interesting. And like the, you know, the long Kentucky drive that they had for their field goal, like that was the first drive after, like, when Davis went out. Um, but then they never really did that again. Right. And so, um, 
I don't know. You know, Jalen Carter is kind of next next man up. You know, another five star guy coming in. Um, also, the fullback. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so I don't know. It's, it could be a big game for him. Um, well, if if Davis can't go, then this is a big day for Jalen Carter. Um, we need to, need to have him have him step up and plug it up that middle. I know that I know that Coach Donnan is high on uh, on Jalen Carter. I love. I still love. I still love Coach Don. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember. I remember when we got his commitment, and when we were talking about the recruiting class over. You know, he he was really high on Jalen Carter. So I'm hoping that he can become a uh, a household name here. Yeah, I mean, and like if as we look through the past the games, um, like we talked in our Kentucky review a bit about like how kind of in the middle of in the heat of the moment we were kind of questioning some of the game plan, et cetera. But obviously. It worked, right? Gave up three points. Like, I feel like we have had the right game plan defensively against these teams. I mean, Alabama, I think it got away from us because of the offense started turning the ball over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I trust Dan Lanning and the defense we trust. That's been the, my, my God of Podcast mantra for this season. I trust <laughs> the defense. I trust Dan, Dan Lanning to, you know, to come up with the plan for these guys. Um, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm interested to see what that is and, and how it plays out. And we'll have to watch for how it's working or not working in the first half and then see what adjustments get made at halftime. Right. Um, because you know, that's, that's a thing like obviously the second half against Alabama didn't go very well. Um, we didn't really need to adjust, I would say against Kentucky at halftime, we kind of did the same thing the first and second half. I mean, Kentucky never really changed anything either. Um, so this is, this is a game where we can see that, you know, the halftime adjustments come back into play. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to see us play a full game for once. <laughs> Shout out Adam Weinstein. Uh, the question from two weeks ago. <laughs> we, we've yet to see it. You keep saying it and I keep looking for it and it's just not happening. And I just wanted to see, you know, I'd like to see them. <laughs> I'd like to see them play a complete game. I know. Speaking of a listener question from two weeks ago, you want to you want to hit the ones we got this week? Uh yeah, we can do that. All right, let's let's hit some listener questions. All right, so on we'll, we'll start with Twitter. Tim Riley at T Riley Dog on Twitter with our offensive inefficiency, and yes, it's been offensive. How many points does Georgia need to score to win? Hmm. He's almost getting to our, our predictions in there, <laughs> but I don't know. Too, too soon, Tim. Too soon. Why don't we? Well, Tim, we will get to we'll get into more depth that when we make our final score predictions. So we'll table that one a bit. Um, okay, at Frip Dog, that's my dad. For those who don't know, um, <laughs> who will have the breakout performance on offense? Is his first question. Let, let's let's start with that one. Do you do you see anyone having a breakout performance on offense? Um, I don't know that you could count a breakout performance from, you know, one of the running, maybe, maybe a, a Kendall Milton, I could foresee having a big night. Um, yeah. I frankly, unfortunately, I believe that we're going to have to throw the ball, um, more than I probably would, would like. Um, yeah. because I, I do think that this is going to be a bit of a slobber knocker, but, um, I, so I think we're going to lean on Zamir White again. Yeah, and I think I, I mean I, I think and I think that's a good thing. Like with the way he ran the ball last week, I feel like he returned to form. That was his best 
game of his career. So I don't know that I can say that'd be a breakout if he does that again. So as far as like, if we're going breakout as like someone who hasn't so much broken out yet, um, I'll throw Darnell Washington in there. I'd like, I, I can see either Washington or McKitty, one of those guys. I like to that see was, that. That was going to be my answer, Jim. <laughs> hey, same page. Same page. We're good. We have to agree. Can we get the tight end? Can we get the tight end involved more? Uh, uh, I guess I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Frip dog. I'll go. Um, Burton. You know, poor Burton's been mm. picked up so many times lately. He's. I'm hoping that yeah. they'll get it. They'll get it together. So nice. That that would be good. All right, and then uh, he had a defensive question as well. How many sacks? So this one I feel like is more your 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 alley than mine. How many sacks or hurries will we need to have to slow down Florida's passing attack? So this is something that I was looking at while we were talking, and you know, my mind started racing on how how potentially we could have an edge here or there. I mean, so so Kyle Trask actually has a better uncatchable pass rate than Mac Jones. So Mac Jones basically is hovering right around 10% of his passes are uncatchable. And Trask is basically right at 8%. Mm. Um, The other thing is the sack percentages um, for, for the two of them is basically, basically Stetson, Mac Jones and, uh, and Kyle Trask all have the similar, like sack rates. So the offensive line, basically it's, it's kind of an indictment on the offensive line, or it could be a combination of things like, um, you know, how quickly are, are the quarterbacks releasing or something else I looked at. Kyle Trask is actually kind of like bottom of the sec, as far as like how long he holds onto the ball, which is actually really surprising given all of the things that they do on offense and not running the ball. And so they're throwing these quick screens. So you'd think that he would have a really fast release, but it's actually, you know, a good bit slower, like two one hundredths of a second slower than um, than Stetson, for example. So if he has to hold on to the ball, you know, guys like Adam Anderson, guys like Ojolari, that gives them, you know, more chance to be able to sack sack him. So when we're talking about sacks, um, was it a number or how many sacks we needed? Uh, yeah, like yeah, how many sacks slash hurries are needed to mm. you know, to slow them down, basically. I'll just put it this way: I kind of, I kind of expect there to be about four sacks in this game for us because I just think that we're going to be able to get to them. How many hurries we get? I don't know. That used to be, that used to be what we were known for, right? Yeah, that used to sacking people. So as long if Kyle Trask, let's put it this way: if Kyle Trask is running for his life on third and long, I'm, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, even if yeah. we don't sack yeah. him. Yeah, that's going to be the thing, right? Keep them um, keep them out of that third and short, right? And to get them in that third and medium to third and long so that we can kind of pin our ears back and, and cut some guys loose. Um, okay. All right, that was it for Twitter. <laughs> we got a couple of Facebook questions. I don't know. Did you see uh, Demo's question? It was like five questions. I didn't see Demo. So I put out on Facebook uh, through my book, I guess there's one of the questions and, and our guy, Daniel Morrison, um, he, he, he came with five. I'm going to quickly, I'm just going to run through this quick. So he said, thoughts on Mathis exit. So I'll say that is not confirmed. I would put that in rumor mill right now. Um, Kirby actually talked a lot in the press conference about his conversations with Mathis on Sunday there that they had on Sunday. So I'm just put that, I'm not going to answer that because we don't know that he's gone yet. Um, Kind of about Vandegrift, and I, I, I've been saying that all year. Like the whole 
equation changes in the quarterback room when Vandergriff comes in next year. Okay, and the last thing from Demo was Bennett has moxie, but it, but is it the right moxie? Now, in Demo's defense, the Kentucky review had not come out yet uh, when he asked this question. So, Demo, go listen to the Kentucky review. We discussed that ad nauseum. I don't want to put our listeners through that again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, go check out my analogy about the ESPN show Playmakers from the early, early 2000s. All right, last, last listener question comes from my wife, Kim Wood. Uh, what's on the menu for game night? So, you know, she's clearly just trying to get ahead of the planning because we're always like Saturday. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do to eat? So I don't know yet. Like in a perfect world, I would like know how to like make fried gator tail or something, but I don't like I had the Boston butt that I did, you know, when we played Arkansas, I had had that, you know, like if we play, when we play South Carolina, I'll do like chicken wings, um, try to get something thematic going. Um, I don't know how to make Gator, so I'm not quite sure yet. I don't know. 3.30 kickoff game. This is the, this is the trouble one, right, where you get the 3.30 kickoff. Dinner is going to happen, like, during the game. So, I don't know. It either needs to be something that I'm doing all day or something that's kind of easy. Um, actually, I think I'm going to defer to my wife. So, Kim, um, when you listen to this, I'm going to request that you plan dinner on Saturday because it's going to happen during the game, and I'm going to be, like, a nervous wreck. And so I'm going to request that, that you take care of me there. So thank you. I love you. <laughs> nice. That was the long-winded way. That was a long-winded way of saying, I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> uh, awesome. Which is like super on brand for Kim and I, by the way. That's <laughs> definitely how we roll. Uh, I think that's how all husbands and wives flow. Right, right. All right, that, that exhausts our, our listener questions. Um, so the line, the line has actually changed uh, a good bit in the last 24 hours. So it opened at like Georgia minus five, right? Uh, yeah, it was like minus five and a half, I think is what I saw. And now it's like down to like three something. Yeah, that's what I've seen. I, I saw three and a half. I, I usually look at covers. I don't even know why I use that site. But they claimed that it opened at three and a half um, and that it's three and a half now. But... I know like on, on Sunday, five was the number I saw. And that's what Seth Emerson referenced as well. So I, I don't know where that number is coming from. I, I, I'm not, I don't know where I'm supposed to be looking for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, it's three and a half. Although, holy cow, 75% are, are taking Georgia in this thing. Rat poison, Jim. Rat poison. <laughs> I, use, I use Odd Shark, which does a combination of multiple betting websites to combine all their stuff, I guess. Um, man, they're saying that this is going to be like a 21-21 battle, which I guess, you know, uh, that jives with what I, I think my prediction is probably going to land on. Which is interesting, right? Like, because um, uh, kind of getting back to to Tim Riley's question, right? Like, which is basically like, how many points do we need to score to beat them? And it's interesting, right? Because... Like, I mean, they're scoring 42 a game, I think I said, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to score 43. Sorry, I don't, <laughs> I don't see that in the cards. But anyway, so we've got to, I mean, to me, like, we've got to hold them well below their their scoring average. You harped earlier on, like, they have not seen a defense on par with Georgia um, to date, which I would agree with. Um, which I would so what's what Ole Miss, South Carolina, and and Missouri, 
right? Those are their four games because they, they played one less game. Um, so yeah, I mean, none of them are on, are on par with Georgia. Um, I mean, yeah, so based on the line, what that's saying, you know, you'd say like Georgia needs to score 28-ish to win, right? Um, you're, you're, I don't know, 25, right? Twenty Over 25 points, I would say. You're going you're, you're gonna to need at least that to win this game. Yeah. So Tim, there's your answer. Before getting my final prediction, that, that's the answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say 28 is probably where, uh, you know, ordinarily I would say 30, but I just didn't think that there would be any way that we could put up 30. Um, and conversely, I mean, I, well, we had us both. We both picked us getting over thirty against Kentucky, and we didn't. I mean, although I, I mean, I think they're probably a little better than I gave them credit for. I will say that. Um, but, but still, we should. Have, we definitely should have had more than fourteen. Well, but anyway, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, in that game, we were both teams were basically running the ball, was was killing clock. So, you know, with with Trask throwing it, probably, I'm guessing he'll probably have thirty to forty attempts or something like that. Um. Anyway, so when I, when I look at this game, and I think like, okay, when I went into it, I, I originally felt like we had to we had to score thirty, and I just didn't see it happening, and I was kind of thinking that the Gators were going to win. Um, but as I've yeah. as I've looked into it, and you know, obviously the the line dropped substantially, which I'm guessing is probably due to some of the defensive injuries that Georgia had versus anything that that happened with Florida, but um. To now see it at three and a half makes me think that Vegas thinks that we can hold their offense um, out, which I kind of I kind of feel like we can. So, like as we've as we've talked through it, and as we've look, I've looked into it today, I kind of feel a little bit more confident than than I had previously going into it, and that's probably just the hangover from Kentucky and Stetson's performance. But our defense is still legit, man. I mean, I think that. Yeah, we, we don't want to discount that in the defense we trust, uh, and so I'm kind of got yeah. a little bit more of a, a pep in my step as as we go into this game because if we can keep them under thirty, I really like our chances to win this game. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, and, and like, okay, so like if we think about like kind of how like the flow of the, of some of these games have gone, and I know like what we said earlier, like that Florida is not Alabama, but like. I know, like, coming out of that game, my, um, I guess my gripe, like, kind of with the game plan was it felt like we, we kind of almost, like, signed up for a track meet, right? Where, like, we, we tried to kind of match them through the number of passing attempts, like, how much we were trying, trying to pass. Um, I think your counterpoint was kind of like, well, there were guys open. <laughs> we just weren't hitting them. Um, so I, but I had kind of felt like, man, like, if we could just slow the game down, because, like, we got to, the score that we thought was going to be the roughly the final score, like by halftime of that game. Right. So like I, I, that's where I'm, I don't, because I was kind of thinking like the similar kind of thing for this game of like a game kind of like in the twenties. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, that's what I thought against Alabama and both teams did that in the first half. Like, I don't know, like, like if you're game planning this, like, are you trying to like, you know, I mean, Florida puts a lot of points. Right, like, are we gonna? Obviously, we're not gonna let them, like, with the way our with our defensive strategy. But our, I feel like our off, like our offensive strategy, played into Alabama's hands, I guess, a bit when we played them. Like, what do you think about here? Like, do you are we gonna? I mean, 
Like I, I said, we're going to lean on Zamir White. I don't think we're going to lean on him like we did against Kentucky. Like I, I don't. I, I would be surprised if Stetson Bennett throws, you know, thirteen passes again. That would surprise me. I think he's going to need to throw it more than that. Um, but do you? I don't know. Do you think we're going to try to do a bit of the ball control, slow the game down, limit possessions that Kyle Trask can get by chewing clock? Or are we going to be more aggressive in like trying to score more quickly? I don't know. I I believe, you know, this is the coach speak. It will, will probably be a little balanced. Um, <laughs> take what the defense gives you. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that we take, we take what the defense gives us, whether it be, and <clears throat> that's inside of things or in the, in the, in the run game. But yeah, I, I would love, I would love to see us take our opportunities uh, when we have open receivers. Yes, Jim. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, I, okay. So I guess like where I'm kind of, I, I feel like it's going to be kind of more in the middle, like of those, of our last two games, um, we were like polar opposites, right? I mean, 40 pass attempts against Alabama, 13 against Kentucky. Um, Pass happy against Alabama. And then I felt like, you know, kind of, I would say abandoned the run or never even really committed to it in the first place is what I said then. And I'll stick to that. Um, And then against Kentucky, almost like an overcommitment to the run. I mean, it worked. We won. Um, uh, And some bad things happened when we threw the ball. (laughs) But I, yeah, I, I do feel like this needs to be a more balanced attack. Like, I don't think either one of those things would work against Florida. Right? Or does that make sense? Right. I don't think that there's going to be any kind of fathom that we're going to put up that many points. I don't believe that we will. I mean, yeah. I think I guess I don't we're, really, we're really skating around the whole, uh, you know, predictions side of things right now. So, I mean, do we just want to go into it? <laughs> Yeah, we can. We can. Yeah, we can do it. You want to go first? Or you, want me to go? Oh, you, you go first. I want to hear what okay. you have to say. Okay, so we talked about what the spread is. So we got Georgia minus three and a half uh, with an over-under of 54. Um, looking at what we've done thus far this season, what they've done, the thing that scares me the most is their 42 points a game. Um, that that scares me. Um, but again, to your point, they have not seen a defense anywhere near Georgia. So I'm going to lean on that. Now, the, the, the downside of that is the injuries. So, I mean, if all of those guys are out, it's going to be tough. Um, but if, you know, like Rice can go, um, Ann Walker, I mean, if Jordan Davis, I'm really hoping Jordan Davis can play um, <laughs> with some kind of braze on his elbow. That 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 would make me feel so much better. Um, and then also, I'm hoping Scene can go because if we're down the count and Scene, that's a lot different than just down the count. Um, so those are the things that that worry me. But here's where what what needs to happen for Georgia to win is we do we we do lean on the running game, but we have balance and Stetson does what is asked of him if he can take advantage of the advantages that Munkin is giving him against these defenses and find the open guy like you said um you know if there's someone around the guy go look for someone else because there's someone on the field that's wide open if he can find that guy 
if he can make those, if he can make the checkdowns, he does not need to hit the home run, right? He does not need to play hero ball, make that long throw. If he can hit those checkdowns, I like our chances um, because if he's doing that and we're churning out yard or we're churning, churning out first downs and we can control the clock a bit, I think we can keep it there in the twenties. So I, I'm going to go, I'm going to say Georgia's going to win um, 27 to 24. Okay. Uh, you know, I think that that's pretty close to where I was going to go with it. I was um, where I'll just go ahead and give you my number. I'm, I'm looking uh, Georgia 28, Florida 21. Um, okay. So I think I think that it'll be, you know, within that range. It's obviously the 24, and, you know, easily kick a field goal in there somewhere. But um, if I told you that Florida was giving up 133 yards a game and they're averaging, uh, you know, four yards, the opposing offenses are averaging four yards a carry, if I were to give you those numbers, how do you think that they're going to do on the ground? Yeah, I so I think I mean I think we would exceed that. And the other thing too is their numbers are actually pretty skewed. I like Missouri had like nothing. I think Missouri only had like forty rushing yards against them or something crazy like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean I, I expect our I expect to beat that. Yeah, I mean. And so, you know, the, the famous stat with Rick was always, you know, when we have a hundred yard rusher and frankly, when most teams have a hundred yard rusher in any given game, their chances of winning tend to get higher. And I could see Zamir, I could see, um, you know, Kendall Milton, obviously James Cook is going to be a factor in the passing game. Either one or a combination of those guys is going to have over a hundred yards easy um, on, Mm. on the day. And, you know, like I said, they, their, their numbers stack up, you know, fairly favorably with Alabama. They're actually a little bit worse, you know, statistically speaking, uh, against the run. And we, you and I both felt like that we should have run the ball more on Alabama, um, yeah. which I do believe we're going to get a heavy dose of some, a number of different exotic looks for, for the run game, whether it be just Zamir through, up the middle or, you know, Kendall Milton around the edge or whoever, whoever it is. I think we're going to have some success on the ground. And if we do, and especially if we do early again, I'm going to quote the last episode and Eric Zier from the, from the halftime show. (laughs) I, I could care less if we throw the ball 13 times, six times, if we're getting six, seven yards a clip and they can't stop it. Like I'm all for limiting the possessions. If they, if Kyle Trask can't throw the ball because we're running it down his throat and we're stopping them on the defensive side of things, like to me that would be the ideal scenario, frankly. So yeah. the, the less times we have to throw it, the better. Which, you know, we're talking about a 28-21 or 28-24 kind of kind of scoreline here that suggests that there's going to be some up and up and down the field because um, I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't think that we're going to be bombing it over them. Like I said, I think Trask and uh, Pitts are going to get their yards, but I kind of lean towards that that would be the only two playmakers because I don't see anybody else on the field. Obviously, you mentioned you know Toomey or whatever his name is um, that was really fast and shifty, but at the same time, like he's fast and shifty, but like I don't think that he's Jalen Waddle fast and shifty. 
And I believe that yeah, yeah. every single every single player that we have on the defensive side of the ball, from an athletic standpoint and from a star rating and all that kind of stuff, we we we're better than than Florida pretty much up and down at every position except for the quarterback position. Um, so yeah. you know, hat hat on hat, man on man, you know, go up and and let's play. I kind of think that we match them and, you know, yeah, they've obviously had some success with Britton Cox in the, in the quarterback game. And I certainly think that he's going to get his opportunities on the defensive side, but I just don't, I mean, we just got better horses than, than what they've come up against on both the offensive and defensive sides. So, you know, if we have early success on the run game, I would love to see us commit to it. Um, And I've got one other stat for you for the last 14 years in this game. The team with the most rushing yards has won the game. So, based on the conversation we just had, <laughs> um, I I don't see them out out gaining us on the ground. I'll say that. Yeah, no, I think that the the rushing yards for us are are going to be very positive there, and I do think that, like you said, it's going to be close. Um, now that we've been kind of talking through it, I'm like, maybe we're, we're maybe the under is the play here, but. Um, I feel good about the I feel good about the prediction. Um, like I said, I think that we're going to get some opportunities, and you know, all of this go obviously all of this goes out the window if Stetson starts throwing two interceptions in this game. If if he throws two interceptions like yeah. he did against Kentucky, if he throws a couple of interceptions like he did against some of the other teams, like I think we can overcome one turnover. But if we have multiple turnovers in this game, I think that it's going to be problematic for us. Um, he needs to be. He needs to be the game manager. He needs to be the game manager and protect the ball. That's all yeah. we're asking of of you to do, Stetson. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Did you see the thing that Kirby said, where he said like uh, the passing game has been working great in pack practice. We just didn't get to see it against Kentucky because we were running the ball so well. <laughs> like, that was kind of weird. That was kind of a weird thing to say. <laughs> that is kind of that is kind of an oddly oddly worded kind of phrase there, like. You should see my secret weapon that would blow everybody's <laughs> mind away, but I'm not going to show it to you because we got to run the ball, guys. <laughs> uh, that's that that's weird. I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll we'll see Saturday. So did we did we arrive at the end here, Jim? I think so. We're we're definitely on the same page. We're we're, we're coming in with a similar thought process and kind of. Um, Honestly, final score, we're, we're relatively close there. And then just kind of flow of, of the game of what we'll see uh, on Saturday, which once again, we're, we're predicting a, a stressful game. <laughs> it's going to be a stressful game. This game always is, though. I mean, it's kind of like yeah. the South Carolina game. Traditionally, it's pretty close. I mean, at least recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, last year it was a seven-point game, right? So, yeah. And two years ago, we, we kind of pulled away late. So. Yeah, I think I think we're in for another close one. Absolutely. Um, when we talk, uh, I will I'll let you know uh, what Kim decides for dinner as well. Um, we'll <laughs> I'm, I'm eager to see what happens for that. Looking forward to that, and we'll we'll, we'll recap that when, when we review. <laughs> I, I look forward to hearing how your wife is going to make a decision. Please tell me how how, how does the sorcery work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now the question is do i edit that out is Lindsay gonna kill you or not we'll see we will see no 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 you gotta leave that in. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shot across the bow <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh 
Uh, awesome. All right, man, we'll, we'll, I know we'll, we're recording this early, so we got a lot. Um, we've got a long ways to go. We'll be talking throughout the week, and I'll I'll, I'll talk to you Saturday during the uh, World's Largest Outdoor Cocktail Party. Go dogs. Go dogs. Florida in a stand of fire. They may or may not blitz. They won't. Buck back third down on the eight. In trouble. Got a block behind him. Going to throw and a run. Complete to the 25. To the 30. Lindsey's got 35, 40. Lindsey's got 45, 50. 45, 40. Run, Lindsey. 25, 20, 50, 10, 5. Lindsey's got. Lindsey's got. Lindsey's got. defense or are we going to switch to the defense now i mean we've been talking about the defense like for 20 minutes right <laughs> <laughs> have we